0: For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding. Joining me today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner at Strategic Cyber Partners. This episode is sponsored by BreachLock, a simple and scalable penetration testing service. To learn more, visit BreachLock.com. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. I wanted to talk with you about an article Samant Segal, the founder and CEO of BreachLock, wrote in Forbes about red teaming as a service, or RTAS as he labeled it. I was hoping you could start by expanding on who needs a red team and what should be expected as a result.
1: Sure. So let's talk about the difference between red teaming versus regular penetration testing first. So a regular penetration test, you're going to go through, you're looking for some vulnerabilities. We're finding those. That's something that can pretty easily be automated. Red teaming adds another layer of complexity to this, where you have someone who is hands on behind the keyboard. They are using every means possible to breach your system. And a red team is really going to mimic a real life attacker. So we're going to use all the tools at our disposal to breach the system. During a red team, generally, most employees are not aware. You might have a few trusted agents, but most people are not aware that it's going on. We're going to look for known and unknown vulnerabilities. A red team might also involve physical security, and that's an important distinction. Generally, when you do a penetration test, in most instances, we're talking about just testing the boundaries of your computer system. In a red team, you know, you may have someone coming in and seeing if they can breach your physical security by getting past a locked door or getting into a building that they're not supposed to be in. The other thing I think is important to talk about is who needs a red team. So this is generally something that is not for immature security programs. We always counsel our clients, as always, our companies should evaluate the risk and have a clear idea of what they hope to get out of a red team event, because as you can probably imagine from the description, it's going to be more costly. It's more time consuming. It requires a lot more resources than a penetration test.
0: Heather, is part of the idea of this, and I'm really thinking more for a smaller company maybe, that is maybe a medium, small, medium enterprise maybe where they're conducting a red team, is part of the idea that that red team will then also inform them at the end, the results, so to speak, on how to, I'm using air quotes here, but how to fix some of their problems, like a reporting thing, like a a report card, if you will.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, you're going to get an out brief that's going to show you how they were able to breach the system. And, you know, I use that in terms of saying they were able to breach your system because very rarely does a red team come away completely stumped they'll probably get in somehow. (laughs) and You know, it's just a question of how bad it is or how easy it was for them to do so. So again, this is about the maturity level of your security program. This is not something that you're gonna do for an immature security program or something that you're just getting off the ground. That's where you're gonna start with vulnerability management and configuration management, and then you'll move on to a pen test. And then once you've successfully closed those vulnerabilities or closed those holes, then you might wanna consider a red team.
0: Yeah, one step at a time kind of thing.
1: Right, right.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Heather, because when it comes to red teaming, I wanted to ask you about automation, because that's part of what Samant maybe talks about in this Forbes article a little bit, or maybe Hinsat would be more accurate. Mm-hmm. Is there any advantage to red teaming being considered a service also? And maybe automation comes with that?
1: Yeah, certainly. I think when you talk about automating pieces of the red teaming event, that's obviously going to be a cost savings if you can automate it versus having someone behind the keyboard who's manually doing this. The types of people that generally find themselves working on red teams have a pretty highly sought after skill set and you know the cost tends to be higher. So anywhere we can work automation into this, even if it's with the initial levels of you know vulnerability scanning and looking for different openings, that then the tester at the other end can go and try to exploit and actively get into the system. That automation not only lays a good foundation for doing it in a similar fashion year after year, because one of the things that we look for is what kind of improvement have we had year over year, but it can also result in a cost savings as well.
0: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Samant Sagal is a founder and CEO at BreachLock, the global leader in pen testing as a service.
0: 700 plus clients are now using the BreachLock platform and are benefiting from the speed of execution, the ease of doing business, and more importantly, BreachLock is helping them improve their security posture and fight cybercrime one test at a time.
1: To learn more about our sponsor, BreachLock, visit BreachLock.com.
0: And now, back to the podcast. Heather, in your mind, is there a specific type of company, whether it be related to its sector that they're performing in or the size of a company that would benefit most from a red team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we typically look at companies and how they're working, what type of products or services they're putting out. If your organization exists largely in the cloud or has a largely remote workforce, obviously a physical test to the red team might not be worth the effort. But in general, you know, if we're talking about physical security as part of your red team, we're looking at organizations that are doing manufacturing, critical infrastructure. Hospitals are another really good example of someone that might want to perform a red team. So, you know, the physical red team test can be critical for identifying weaknesses and vulnerabilities. You know, that said, I think companies of all sizes can benefit from a red team, again, once you have a mature security program. And as long as you've really laid out what your goal is so that you can make sure you're getting that return on the investment.
0: One thing I wanted to ask you about that I do feel like is not always touched upon as much when it comes to security, at least in the cyberspace, is physical security and how that relates to there's always the classic things of dropping the USBs in the parking lot and seeing who plugs them into their computers. But I know you work with a lot of different companies. Have you ever recommended some kind of physical assessment, whether it be a red team or some other extended exercise? I just feel like there's a lot of implications there. So I don't know if you have any thoughts.
1: Yeah, there are. And if you've never been part of a red team, honestly, watching the physical security red team go to work is one of the most fun aspects of it. You know, for me anyway, if it's not my company being evaluated, (laughs) it's a lot of fun to see how creative they can be getting into your physical space. But that's definitely something to consider for companies that either hold a lot of sensitive data on site. You know, I work with a lot of government clients and they tend to have printed materials Think about companies that are in construction where they have blueprints that are still being printed out or manufacturing where they're making widgets. We mentioned hospitals earlier. That would be potentially a good candidate to see if someone is able to access systems and get into secured spaces. So there absolutely is that physical aspect to the red team. And like I said, it's a lot of fun to watch how creative they typically are.
0: Is the concern more so that someone would dress up as a construction worker and come in and try to physically take something or more so that they can maybe put a program on a computer unsuspectingly and gain permissions that they shouldn't have, or there's something out in the open, maybe not password protected on a basic level that they can access and that gives them deeper access to some server that this company has with their IP on it.
1: Yeah, it's both of those things. So, you know, if I'm working in a space with secured information, whether it's corporate confidential, or whether it's government information, or, you know, maybe I have protected health information or PII, and that's just out in the open, you know, printed on a spreadsheet, or like I mentioned, a blueprint of a construction site. There's certainly the risk of theft or someone coming in with a smartphone, taking pictures of that information. But it is also definitely about someone coming in and being able to plug into a port or a USB on a physical workstation and initiating malware into the environment in that way.
0: Heather, before we go, I did want to ask if you had any final thoughts about red teaming. But I also wanted to open the floor if you had other suggestions. We've had you on a lot. Also for Locker Talk specifically to talk about pen tests and red teaming and all this good stuff. But I'm sure there's other holistic recommendations that you might make to certain organizations. So please, any thoughts you have?
1: Yeah, I think as always, when you're considering hiring any third party to test your defenses, whether it's red teaming as a service, whether it's a penetration test, make sure that you're prepared for the test so you get a good return on your investment. I always counsel my clients not to perform a pen test until they're at least practicing configuration and vulnerability management, and they have some basic tools in place to identify when a breach is in progress. Otherwise, you make it too easy for the tester, and you really don't get the return on investment. If you haven't done your own work, where your internal security team functions almost as a blue team, right? They're the ones who are going to go through and they're going to look and see what about physical security? What about our configurations? How are we doing vulnerability scanning? You really want to lock all those things down as much as possible. And then you hire the experts to come in and find the things that you might have missed.
0: Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Paul John Spalding. This episode is sponsored by BreachLock, a simple and scalable penetration testing service. To learn more, visit BreachLock.com. To follow all of our media, go to CybercrimeMagazine.com.